0: Welcome to the Leadership Forum, making an impact through effective leadership. Your host is Bernard E. Robinson. Bernard and his guests foster in depth discussions about leadership. You'll find this program a powerfully engaging platform for great conversations about leadership and leadership learning. Now, here is
1: your host, Bernard Robinson. Good morning, and welcome to the Leadership Forum. I'm your host, Bernard Robinson, and I'm glad you joined me this morning. Today we have an exciting discussion planned on the topic of diversity. The question for today is, why is diversity inclusion and inclusion still a matter of importance for today's leader? I'm delighted to welcome our guest, Ms. Diane Floyd Sutton of Sutton Enterprises to help us add perspective on the topic of diversity. While I've known Diane for some time, I'd like to tell you a little bit about her background. Diane is a speaker, trainer, educator, author, coach, actor, and president of her own company, Sutton Enterprises. She has worked in many areas of training and learning, in addition to the areas of workforce and workplace uh, diversity for many years. She's also the author of two books, Workplace Savvy, A Guide to Gaining a Competitive Edge in Today's Workplace, and Workplace Etiquette, a guide to surviving and thriving in today's workplace. You can find those, of course, on Amazon and other places where you'd be interested in books. Uh, I'd also like to say, uh, she's a dynamite uh, person and a a colleague of mine. Uh, Diane, welcome to the Leadership Forum and thank you for joining me and our listeners.
2: Oh, thank you so very much, Bernard. It's such a pleasure. We've been been colleagues for so long. It's always a pleasure to be in your
1: company. Well, I appreciate that very much. I want to kind of get us into our discussion. I want to just say for, for all of us as we start this discussion, is the fact that both in society and in the workplace, workers and leaders are attempting to effectively manage diversity. The reality is that at work, workers are demanding to not merely be recognized but really they want to be respected and included the leaders who will profit most when this occurs will be those leaders who have the knowledge the temperament and skill to build cultures that honor and leverage diversity today's show examines what's involved in building cultures of inclusion where the issue of diversity is understood and managed well. So the overarching question is simply this. What do leaders need to be able to know and do to effectively lead a diverse group of followers? I want you to remember that question because at the end of the day, that's kind of the umbrella question that we'll come back and visit later on in the show. By the way, uh, you can call 1-866-472-5790 one 472 5790 to share your thoughts and impressions with us. You can shoot me an email at leadershipforum at IHDinc.org. So Diane, let's start at the beginning. When we talk about diversity and its management, I want to ask you first of all your perspective and we'll share and talk a little bit about it. What are we talking about and what are, what are the issues Uh, that you see associated with diversity and its management.
2: Okay, well, let me start with something very basic that I would, I would use in any lecture or workshop, is that let's make sure we're very clear on the terms, uh, the whole concept of diversity, and uh, we use also the terms inclusion and respect. So let's start with that. In simple terms, diversity is the mix that uh, employer, an employer and organization has. Okay. And inclusion is getting the mix to work well together. Good deal. It, it can be any difference and, and uh, many of the differences we're born with. Anything that makes us unique is a part of this definition of diversity. Uh any dimension that we have can be used to differentiate us. Uh, What diversity means in Ohio is not what it's going to mean down in Texas. Uh, The diversity issues that they might have in Idaho might not be the same ones they have down in Florida. So it's about the mix. So that's, first of all, I want to make sure that we're clear on that. Many times people think that we're talking, when we talk about managing diversity, we're talking about equal employment opportunity or we're talking about affirmative action and while there may be overlap where one is the law and one is dealing with representation in the workplace diversity and the management of diversity rather uh, goes much much deeper in that what are we looking at we're, uh, we're looking at working philosophies, best practices to get our mix to work to achieve the goals and objectives of the organization so it must always be that tie in of the organization Organization. So I, I usually start with a common definition of uh, diversity, and I usually talk about inclusion because a lot of people want... We are, we, we, We're familiar with the respect, but the inclusion, that state of being valued, not because I'm just like you, but because who I am. And, you know, if diverse employees don't feel like they have a real voice and an equal opportunity advance, they will leave. They will leave the organization. They cost the money.
1: Let me me break in with you, because you mentioned a number of important points here, and I want to just point out, I'm wanting to really dig in a little bit on the word unique I'm wanting to make sure our listeners are able to distinguish between EEO and diversity, which you mentioned. One is the law, but I want to just get you to say a little bit more about that. And then we'll dive back into this inclusion. So if I could, I, what what are some of the things that make that go into this uniqueness? You were talking about, for example, the uniqueness of the different regions and how diversity changes, depending on whether you're, let's say in Texas, as opposed to uh, Colorado. So, Talk with me a little bit, and our listeners a little bit, about what this whole notion of uniqueness. What are some of the unique messes that uh, come into uh, to play when you're talking about diversity? Well, when we
2: look at dimensions, we're looking at things like age. Uh, Unfortunately, everyone wants to use the word race, because really, scientifically, there's no such thing as race. But we look at that. We look at gender. Uh, We look at uh, appearance. Uh, We say we don't, but we do. Uh, These are all parts of how am I unique from you. We Mm -hmm. look at cultures.
1: Right.
2: What's the what makes me unique as an Irish person versus someone who might be from Great Britain? Okay, what makes oh. you unique? So really? we're looking at all those. And then we, and, and those are rather fundamental because you can't really change. In there's sexual orientation, uh, age, race, they tend to be very consistent. But it's a second tier that can create problems for people, your religion uh your seniority in the organization or what is your educational level these are things that people don't ordinarily know immediately uh, but they can use them to as, as difference uh for example uh, there was an organization that said that one of the uh, local school local college in washington dc uh, scientists were saying well we won't we won't hire any scientists from the local school uh just because of the schools so the nature of the school and they said we don't think that it meets our, our specifications, so therefore we won't even interview anyone from
1: that school. Let me break okay. in for just a second, Diane, if I might, and say, say, one of the things that I heard you mention was the 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 the, the 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 word race, and and I guess I would think it would probably be common knowledge that often, at least some of the experiences that I've had is that when you start talking about the notion of uniqueness, many of the thought processes for many people go to the the difference that we somehow have not managed very well in this country and that's the difference that's called race. And so why why is it that uh, most of us, many of us, uh, I'd say many of us, Go to the area of race when we think about diversity, and not the other kinds of okay. uniquenesses, if okay. you will. Why is, why is, what's your thought about wow. why that, that's well, that's
2: let me say this: diversity will not resolve the racial issues in the United States of America. It's too deep. Uh, it is much deeper than anything that diversity could ever do uh, mm. in the, in a short run. Uh, So uh, racial issues are usually race and gender. I I developed a workshop entitled uh, Diversity Beyond Race and Gender because that's what we've we've been indoctrinated to think. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's what we've been indoctrinated to think, that it's got to be racial or it's got to be something about gender. And and that just now, you know, now we're looking at religion and now we're looking at... sexual orientation uh, we're looking at
1: other areas but th- th- that's what we've been indoctrinated to, to, to look at Okay. and that's the one I, they'll talk I, I about because I have I have a belief that that indoctrination that you mentioned is is just because it's it's been culturally where we've been stuck I happen to know and you know as well in your work surely the, the issue of race is kind of a cloud because there are really only three races according to sociologists that's negroid caucasoid and mongoloid those are the races of the world but we end up many times getting uh, really ensconced with the notion that we're talking about race and that's somewhat the uncomfortableness that some folks bring to the discussion but i appreciate you kind of clarifying that one the racial issue will not be solved by diversity training And, and in addition to that The uniqueness of race is not the major uniqueness, perhaps the biggest uniqueness is is culture. What, and let me you, share something agree. with
2: you. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm, I'm going to share it with the radio audience. You know how we want to look at our DNA, and so I took the DNA test. I took one of the DNA tests, and so right. I went and it came, and I, I was heartbroken. I think I was depressed for a week because I had always thought I was this Puerto Rican woman. I was Hispanic. I was Native American. I was African, and so when the results came, I was just—I was like shocked to find okay. out. That I was 51% African and 49% European. That you my were, DNA markers match those areas. So that butches the whole contention that there's really no meaning of it uh, in science, but well, we kind of put this concept together and we keep on working with it. But let's go back to the original thought. The original thought is, why do they do it? And it's because there's an indoctrination. And so in my classes, I try to get them to look at those who are disabled. I try to for them to look at this whole concept of classism in the United States. We tend to want to think that everyone is a Horatio-Alger story, that you pull yourself up with your bootstraps. Well, everyone is not able to do that. And classism is a way people are uh, where biases are shown and people are discriminated against. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. uh, it's not covered under any specific law. So I try to get people to understand that w- you got a lot more than this. I see this in the federal sector where uh, you have people who have who are veterans versus those who were civilians All who right. work in the same area. And that's consi- those are considered valid differences. Okay. That can okay. Create
1: let me make sure that we don't over... Uh, Pass a couple of other important points because I think it may be helpful for our listeners. How would you distinguish between the equal employment opportunity focus that we uh, place in talking about managing difference and diversity as opposed to the idea of valuing and, 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 and the issue of diversity itself? What's the distinction, if you will, between the EEO focus and the diversity focus?
2: The EEO focuses on the law. It's about, it's not even about preventative measures. Uh, It's about uh, rectifying uh, biases or discriminations that have occurred in the workplace, period. Okay, okay. Now, when we talk about diversity, we're talking about a philosophy that is developed by the organization that ties in their mission and function. And therefore, they've come up with some of the best practices they can to make sure they're mixed, not only of employees...
1: But suppliers, right, uh, right. their customers. So, so if, I, if I'm hearing you right, the whole notion of the the law or EEO is to rectify bias, and the whole idea of diversity is to really deepen the the capacity to pull the best practices of this mixture of folks, if you will, that can be had by that mixture of focus. Oh,
2: that's wonderful! Can I write that down? Well,
1: we have the we have the ability to uh, record, so it's 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 uh, memorialized for us. So we're good. I actually okay. wrote it, I wrote it here, so it's here as well. But let me uh, let me take us. Uh, we're going to come up on a break in a couple of minutes, but give us uh, your definition of what as we're talking about it. What is valuing diversity? Kind of in a in a thumbnail. How would you? take this diversity that we're talking about in terms of uh, uh, best practices, and and what would be your description of what valuing that diversity looks like?
2: Well, see, that's the issue. What valuing diversity may mean, again, in Ohio, an auto plant, okay? might not be the same as it is someplace else, but there's some general things that we do know. First of all, do you show respect? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have? Is it inclusive? And when I say inclusive, does, do the individuals who are considered different are uh, the, the, the the mixture you have? Is there supportive energy? Is there a commitment from the organization so that you can do your best work?
1: Okay, okay. Okay. Well, you know, I, I mean, interesting because if there. you say that, I recall uh-huh. in in some of the work that I've been able to do as well that one of the young ladies in one of the classes that i taught on occasion she said the degree to which my organization uh, gets my talent and i bring my talent to the organization is the degree to which i feel they're respecting and honoring my difference that is to say i come to work but the degree to which i bring all of me to work is based on the degree to which the organization decides to honor my difference and respect it as you will so that's it now we're coming up on a break So we're going to take a break in a minute, and on the other side of the break, I have a few other questions that relate to our discussion and allow to build on it. For example, this whole notion of appreciating the individuality and the whole notion of avoiding prejudicing, prejudging people. So after the break, we'll we'll visit again. So thank you so much. I'm enjoying uh, your discussion and your description. Welcome everyone to the Leadership Forum, and we'll be right back in a few minutes.
3: When it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global economy being a leader is not enough to succeed you must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills In real estate stocks annuities and other investment vehicles that's the money answer show with jordan goodman on the voice america business channel every monday at 12 p.m pacific standard time now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop take voice america on the go and listen anywhere get our mobile app for iphone blackberry or android at the apple itunes app store blackberry app world or android market always talking business talk to an expert call now toll free 866-472-5790 that's 866-472-5790 voice america business network
0: you are tuned in to the leadership forum making an impact through effective leadership to reach host Bernard E. Robinson or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you would rather send an email, you may send it to forum at ihdinc.org. Now, back to
1: the Leadership Forum. All right, welcome back and thank you for coming back. For those who are just joining us, you're with and you're in the Leadership Forum, a place where we can talk about leadership together. And so I want to invite you back. Uh, if you're just joining us, that's where you are. The, the question I wanted to raise that uh, began to talk about before the break, Diane, was this whole notion of appreciating individuality and avoiding prejudicing, prejudging people. Now, I say that because we're in an era now where we have a great degree of diversity all around. Not just the millennial age piece, but the L- LGBT uh, worker in, in person. We have those who are, uh, who espouse one belief as opposed to another. We have the religious uh uh, integration for different religions. So how do we appreciate the individuality and avoid prejudging people? That's a that's a hard question, but I wanted to position it and have us talk about it a little bit. And and we'll move past it, but I think it's an important discussion that might be in the minds of many people, this whole notion okay. of appreciating. So what are your thoughts about appreciating individuality? Okay. How, do we, how do we do that? Let how do we me learn? start
2: off by saying We all have biases. It doesn't make us terrible people. We Mm -hmm. are only human. Mm -hmm. Uh, Biases can be negative; they can be positive. Uh, But here's the truth: there's such abundance of information about a person that is cognitively overwhelming to people when they meet people. So we simply can't process everything about a person. So what we do is, as a result, we categorize. We do grouping. Now, mm-hmm. I guess the generalizations and the biases against things might not be so bad. We might not buy someone's uh, material or we might not buy their product. But when we have these generalized biases against groups, okay, uh, mm-hmm. they that, they don't necessarily have to be accurate. And what we're finding out uh, that the, all of us have what we call unconscious bias. hmm it's there, it's below the surface, but it's there.
1: Right.
2: And that even though we don't think we have it, all you gotta do is ask your children or ask your, your, your siblings or, or ask your coworkers, your friends, they'll tell you what your biases are, even right. if you don't recognize them. Right? Right. But as mm-hmm. leaders, it becomes very important for people who are going to manage diversity to understand that they do have these biases and that it can impact in the decision making
1: all right let me talk about bias for a minute because that's kind of one of the discussions that uh, people have we can have this whole notion of bias makes me think about the idea of stereotypes and what i'm hearing you describe is kind of the the way stereotypes grow because we find the if you will the shorthand way of understanding the difference that's in front of us and we can if you will, stereotype. So, the whole notion of bias and stereotype, uh, what, what is a stereotype? Well, okay. you know, Bernard, yeah, I, I, yeah. I hear what you're saying, a
2: stereotype. It's a generalization. It's a generalization about a group. Uh, certain groups can't come on time. Uh, certain groups are better at because They can be positive or negative. Among, uh, the, a lot of them are very negative, although there can be, again, positive ones that uh, people acknowledge. But, that's you see, when I worked for the government as an EEO investigator and trainer i reckon we recognize the conscious of the deliberate things that people do but it's the little bitty things that can make a difference and these are things that people sometimes don't realize they're doing for example if you had uh two people who are being interviewed one uh we'll say one uh, uh latino uh, one white one black and the interviewer is white, and the young white guy comes in and he says, "Oh wow, I can relate to this guy because I have a son this age." And oh, and he, so everything this guy says is sounding pretty good. Now, why he says the same thing to the other Latino and to the black uh, individual who's being black individual who's being interviewed, it might ask the same questions.
1: Right. right, right. But well, unconsciously, you know, he's saying, a different
2: I can perspective perspective relate to this, with this one guy here. Mm-hmm. So that's why we tell many people when they have, uh, they're have interviewing, I say have representations from various groups so that people can understand and can relate. And so that they can get a big picture of the type of individual that they need for their organization. And okay. again, not based okay. on deliberate discrimination right. or unconscious okay. bias.
1: It's very well, important that, that, that he come, understand Is that where, you, is that where you, you're mentioning this idea of unconscious bias? That sometimes, yes. even in those situations as you describe them, the interviewer may not be aware of his or her quote-unquote unconscious bias? Right. And they're, they're those are, how, does at, how does one get that? How does one begin to uncover one's unconscious bias? I guess let me position it this way. If I'm not quite aware that I am, in fact, I may feel that I am not, uh, really biased, I really understand myself pretty well. How does one really test or check themselves in terms of understanding what biases they may be unconscious of?
2: First of all, they need to listen to the people who are being marginalized. Mm-hmm. They really do need to okay. listen to them. Okay, right. uh, another thing is to for people to call it to their attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. an- yeah. Another thing is, because knowledge is very valuable here. Right. And really listening to people who are marginalized, uh, why do they feel this way? And being mm-hmm. able to have enough stamina Right. Uh, to, to deal with the feedback they're going to get. I mean, they can talk to their employees, they can talk to family, they can mm-hmm. take assessments, okay? but the idea is to get feedback on how they interact with people and get right. feedback regarding how they make decisions about employees
1: and about programs. Let me pick up on that because I think uh, I don't want to miss the the point here. That is, you you really need to be conscious of if i could kind of capture a little bit of what you need to be conscious and be willing to make yourself aware of the feedback that you receive that enables you to see how others are if you will as the younger folks say feeling you and receiving you and, and sometimes that becomes important for you to be conscious of that i, I want to turn i want to turn to another couple of words that I think have uh, value for us and our listeners to to be able to hear the distinction between we've mentioned in the discussion and you've mentioned during the, during the discussion uh, the word respect and maybe this is the old EEO diversity question but what is the distinction between and I want to I want to say I have a, a perspective on this as well so I'll add mine. The difference between respect and equity, I I think that gets me. I see the lawsuits, if you will, coming because. One of the others of those are not available. So, what, what's okay. the distinction between That's what your sort is
2: of looking at and the employee and recognize that they might not had all the advantages uh, that other employees had, and that through uh, mentoring, through uh, training, through education. They can that uh, they can fill in some of the gaps. Uh, I, wait a minute, I know how I can do it. It's so simple. I use this in the classroom. Equity. There uh this is the Aesop's fable. There was a Stark and there was a, 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 a fox. A star, a star. And here you have uh, both of them needing water. Mm-hmm. So they put down a plate. Uh, that was flat. So it was very easy for the fox to drink the water, but the star okay. couldn't. Okay. Because of the long beak.
1: Well, now, both right. of
2: them were treated the same, but one was able to drink the water and the other one was not.
1: Okay, okay, very good. Okay. Yeah, okay. So, 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 they, so they were not being treated equally.
2: Okay. They were treated the same, but here's where the equity comes in. One needed a container, okay, that that would allow for the beach, while one could lap up from a saucer.
1: All right, good deal. And equity then would mean that you make accommodations so that both could get and do their best their best work of drinking. And I put it in, in the context of the workplace. If you have a person who is handicapped and Uh they need to get to an office, Uh and you have another person who's not handicapped, and they need Uh to get to an office, each of them needs something different to get to the office. If you are making accommodations, you want to make sure that both can equally have the capacity to get to where they need to be.
2: Would that right, be, that is would that very be? true. If uh, you're
1: going to have a luncheon meeting, make
2: sure that it's accessible to those who have disabilities, okay. that there is a ramp, that they will be, have a restroom. Uh, these are very simple things that can be done. Now, okay. that's where you get the overlap. For example, with right. those who are disabled, you get an overlap with EEO, because right. the law says you are to try to give them accommodations. Okay. But the okay. idea of the accommodations we're talking about here are the accommodations that you would give any employee. Yeah. That had exactly. a developmental okay. plan. Yeah. You would try All to right. do those things to fill in the gap so that they
1: could reach to their full uh, potential. That, that's
2: it. That's <laughs> what that equity uh, and, and the whole concept of re- respect and inclusion also mean that you're going to give me the tools necessary to do the job, and with hmm. the inclusion, you're going to listen to what I say.
1: Good deal, good deal. Let <laughs> okay. me and, uh, and and put it to in the, the equation. This. And, and this is a. Uh, uh, I want to turn our focus to those who are leaders a little bit. All of us are leaders, but I want to especially speak to those who are leaders who are in the listening audience. And I want to position it in this way, my sense is that uh, in helping leaders and others understand the management of cultural diversity, there are a host of areas of knowledge and skill that are needed to really manage diversity. We've talked about one, for example, stereotypes and stereotyping. We've talked about bias, uh, but there's a difference between bias and prejudice, and and perhaps it doesn't require us to go into what that looks like because we've kind of described it. But we may need to go there. So there are, there are a host of areas I want to mention some of them that I'd like us to maybe have a bit of discussion about. One of which, for example, is the difference between the and uh, how diversity affects our modes of communication how do we communicate across cultures in a way that would allow the communication process which is the key for building relationship and I do want to I do want to uh, get at least a couple of the thoughts about this notion of cultural conflicts but again if I could would you talk a little bit about uh, the the whole notion of cross-cultural communication what are some of the elements or what are some of the modes that one needs to be Consider
2: the, um, the, the, the biggest one for, uh, uh, well, let's talk about managers and supervisors for a second okay. and, right. and what are some of the things that they need that would help the employee. And okay. let's just talk about skills that we're talking about managers and supervisors need. And right. to be honest with you, the first one is really the skill of listening.
1: Okay. Okay, very good.
2: Okay. okay. The skill of listening is that's very important. Another one that, that really comes stands out right now is transparency. Okay. Transparency is telling the truth in a way people can verify it. You okay. know, you're real, you're genuine, you're open, you're authentic, you yeah. know, and you will err on the side of disclosure because it's, yeah. to, the, it's to your advantage. So listening and transparency and being able to talk straight with people. Uh, okay. I always tell groups, address the behavior and don't attack the person. Uh, that let, let, me, let, me pick up, let me pick up being one thing you said about transparency. About the transparency. Uh,
1: Because transparency is such an important dynamic in the area of leadership. One of the things that most of us know, and you surely know, is that people like to follow people who they can trust. And so transparency, as we've talked about on this show earlier, really relates to this whole notion of being able to be who you are and Mm -hmm. be who you, and, and show yourself in the way you say you are. So, you know, the whole notion of transparency, at least in the leadership piece, is a big deal, particularly when you're dealing with those who are culturally different than yourself. Uh, so we, 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 we have that. The other elements, I, I, I may have cut you off a little bit, and I don't want to do that. I apologize for that. But I want you to continue and add a couple more. We're going to come up on a break here in about a minute and a half, but we have a few more minutes before we do that. So, uh, when you think about that, where are the cultural conflicts or collisions, or collisions I should say, that occur when this doesn't go very well? When one doesn't have the skill, one leader or manager or supervisor does not have the skill that they need, uh, we may end up picking some of this up on the other side of the break. But I'd like to start the conversation. What are some oh, of the cultural simple. conflicts of and one, collisions that occur?
2: People leave immediately, particularly the youngest generations. They will leave. They're not going to be insulted. They want to feel like they're really part of of creating something. Uh, The other is that, uh, God bless us all the EEO charges. That's how I make the big bucks, because people make really dumb decisions and don't document, have no clue as to why they did this. And so that impacts. So that's EEO complaints, which means that that's going to cost the organization money. So
1: those, okay, we, to the other, stop, bad I'm going to stop you for a minute because we're going to pick this up on the other side okay. of the break. Uh, we, you're tuned into the Leadership Forum. We'll be right back.
3: america business network the bottom line in business what can we do to prepare for a career altering interview or presentation land an important deal or simply play a great game of golf these activities depend on preparation and execution which group together we call performance uncover the mysteries of our mind and unlock the secrets of great performance by illuminating the mental side of life When we better understand why we do the things we do and what keeps us from accomplishing our goals, we elevate our success. Listen for The Mental Game of Life with Dr. Christie, Mondays at 4 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. If you are a small business owner or a creative freelancer in pretty much any field, you can't miss Let's Get Radical. Your hosts, Jody Paydar and Liz Gold, will help you redevelop your plans, policies, and practices to take a radical turn in order to achieve new success. They spotlight the latest in technology, attitudes, what others are doing, and what can help you. Tune in every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. And let's get radical! Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network.
0: tuned in to the leadership forum making an impact through effective leadership to reach host bernard e robinson or his guest today please call 1-866-472-5790 again that's 1-866-472-5790 if you would rather send an email you may send it to leadership forum at i h d i
1: n c now back to the leadership forum All right. Good deal. Thank you, uh, Diane, for sticking with us and and having just a terrific discussion with me on on this area of diversity. And for those who are just joining uh, us, this is the Leadership Forum. I'm Bernard Robinson, and I'm happy that you joined us. You joined into a terrific discussion. Before the break, we were talking about the whole notion of cultural conflicts and we were discussing the whole idea of some of the kinds of uh, we use the word uh, advisedly kind of stupid things people do that create issues for themselves and the companies that they work for and you were describing Diane some of the kinds of uh, craziness that goes on and, 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 and it apparently still leads to people uh, suing their companies if you will
2: Oh, 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 it's a lot of that. Let me give you a little bit quick history. Um, I used to work for the United States Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, and I investigated charges of employment discrimination in the states of Missouri and Iowa. In turn, I went to their headquarters, and I trained investigators and conciliators. And a light bulb went off one day that said, you know what? You can't legislate attitudes. Attitudes, attitude, and attitude mm-hmm. is people's style of thinking, but you can make people aware of their behavior. So I went to what we call the soft. Side of HR and looked at specific skills that would enable people to be, to work with each other and to, in many cases, avoid any kind of EEO complaints. You know, Mm -hmm, what I say is mm -hmm. that you don't have to like each other, but you must show respect for each other in the workplace. So, in doing that, I realized that people needed, number one, to listen, to talk to each other, uh, to back off some of their, I mean, very blatant stereotypes. But uh, Mm -hmm. to be honest with you, let's see. Let me give you some examples of things people are still doing. Uh, There was an excellent article uh, about two uh, Latino brothers who were in real estate, and they were at the executive level. I mean, this is recent. Mm -hmm. They were in Mm -hmm. recent means within the last two years, and they were at the executive level, and... uh, the other BPs, I mean, they were at the top level. The other okay. BPs would say things to them like, well, we're going on the bad side of town, so I'm going to have one of you go at me because you're Latino, you know, and, and they won't bother you. That you that, that that was, that, was, that, was that actually something that happened? Did that
1: actually happen? Was that uh, a, a, a real report of something that someone said? Oh, yeah, this is a case. This is an actual case. Oh, okay.
2: Oh, that, they were very, very cruel. They were very cruel. And the, and the courts made them pay dearly. Not only did they have to, and it, well, these gentlemen, these young, these young men, okay, uh, filed suit against them, and they won. I mean, uh, right. I, I guess I could go into other examples, but that's irrelevant. That's, the fact is that, yeah. that it was very
1: right. Blatant. Well, that's a good example, and that, that gives us a good picture. Now, I want to, I want to, I want to. Get us at a couple of other thoughts before our time runs away from us a bit. We've talked a, a, a good bit about diversity, and I, I guess I want to make sure that one big question that we get to is, what is it that makes this whole notion of diversity so challenging? I guess let me put the question to you in this way as we discuss it: What is it that makes diversity a challenge for leaders and managers? in today's workplace? Well, what is the challenge besides the general things we've spoken about? i give you Because some of
2: them want to make it very superficial. I um, thought we would be way ahead of ourselves. I, and I really uh, feel some organizations really can stand out. But a lot of it's superficial. You know, while hire a diversity person, like that person can resolve all the issues of the organization. And they don't um, take the time, to, uh, organizations are taking the time to look at the... You know what is it that we need to do to foster an inclusive work environment? Right. Okay, where we can leverage diversity, where we can leverage for learning and farming better. How can we make better business decisions based okay. on this mix? Okay, so let me, uh, let me get to you, you tell a me a couple more. I want to ask
1: you a couple that I have and ask your reaction to them. But go right ahead. Okay. Um, but well let me get I thought you had maybe one or two more but I wanted to I I have a few here I want to get your reaction to. Okay. Number one. Let me hear yours. Okay. And and this is an answer to the question what makes the challenge uh, uh, diversity a challenge for for leaders and managers in today's workplace. One of the, the challenges and one of the answers that I put was that sometimes diversity is ignored, marked or suppressed in the sense that if we don't really bring it up then it's probably the better thing to do my question is does that still happen and is it the effective way uh, is, is it a challenge
2: Yes, it does. It needs to be brought up. It needs to be analyzed within our an organization. It needs to be talked about. Uh, mm-hmm. do, do people need to talk to those who do feel marginalized. You know what is you know what is it that you need? They need mm-hmm. to be talked to all the people and find out how can we make this a better place to work. How can we change the culture? Let me go back to you to what you said about what are some of the obstacles? Organizations right. talk really well. They talk a good game, but do they really change? the culture of their organization. Do they incorporate diversity principles across their business functions and units? Or I suggest, yes, we have this diversity unit and we're going to have them for certain things and this is going to be a show-and-tell. And so that's a, that's, a, that's a big concern. Another one that is really kind of gets organizations off the off the track is that they never mind their middle management
1: okay, okay. They talk what do you mean by that they never mind
2: they talk about it at the top okay. they give the the uh, the people at the bottom they give them the training but mm-hmm. they never really get the middle managers a lot of times to buy in
1: so they don't really get into really changing so they are not into the cult, it they're not into the it Mm-hmm. Now, things, let me just set, make sure so in, we have an even-handed look at this. There okay. are some positive things that come and can come uh, for organizations uh, that have managed to really understand and appreciate uh, inclusion and manage diversity. So let's talk on the positive side a bit. What are okay, some let's talk about impacts? the positive. Because at the of diversity, it's about pro- improving okay. productivity. So what are some of the positive uh, things that can occur? Uh, to encourage those who are listening, the positive things that can occur when diversity is managed well?
2: They have a culture that people feel that they are respected and included. When people mm-hmm. feel that they are respected and included, they do okay. their best work. They become very loyal. So you could have the loyalty of your employees, the loyalty of your suppliers, the loyalty of your customers and clients, uh, the, the whole reputation of the organization uh, right. uh, takes a very positive turn. Uh, okay. And most of all, let's put the almighty dollar sign okay right. people will spend their money
1: where they feel comfortable can i add one for you to with yours and that is yes. you take advantage when it's a positive you actually take and leverage the talents of the diverse workforce you have you you know if you uh, invite me in and listen to my uh, my thoughts and my perspectives you inviting you're inviting me to take my talents and bring them into the problem-solving process and the business uh, de- development process and the serving of customers process, because you've honed my talent and you, in fact, leverage leverage it for my for your company and for those your company serves. So, so, and what do you what do you think about that? Is that is that an accurate? Positive?
2: That is is very true. No, I I think that uh, it's very accurate in what you've said, Um, and that there has to be an investment. There has to be an investment in team building, and leadership skills across the board. You know, you can't say it's for one group and and not for another. It's got to be for everyone, because you want to create opportunities across generations. You want to create opportunities across cultures. Uh, You want to create out across religions. And the idea is that, again, everyone is not going to like each other. It's not going to be that wonderful mind fest that
1: we want. But everyone will appreciate each other. And I think that's that's very important because one of the things that I always believe, I believe that workplaces are societies. They're really just a bundle of different relationships, as I've stated, in, in, in different ways. And so when you have a set of relationships where people are, in fact, uh, getting along well together and really uh, appreciating, respecting the differences that exist. You have a, a workplace environment or society, if you will, where the there's not homogeneity. It's really we are who we are. We're different, but we're all in the same business, if you will. Uh, the whole the whole notion of the euphemism of being a, a mixed solid who are all together and working together, uh, not not, not a, a new or unique uh, perspective, but it allows you to know that, the, that that whole society begins to feel like it's one that I can be a part of. And again, we may not like everyone to the same degree, but we are respectful of one another to the extent that we can get along and know that the differences do not need to separate us, but in fact, can be those that we honor.
2: Let me leave you with a thought, too. Uh, I want to try to get people past the, I I, I really appreciate the golden rule, okay? Don't Mm -hmm. get me wrong. The golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. It's a lovely thing, Christianity. Uh, And I believe that it does work if we all think alike. Mm -hmm. Okay? If we all have the same values. Right. But it doesn't and, and and we all want the same thing. Mm-hmm. So we want I want to take it to another level. Let's try the platinum rule. And it's a, it's a, it's all cliché, but the platinum rule says I will treat you as you would like to be treated.
1: Exactly. Okay. So I always tell people, think about the people in your family, the drama people in your family. They love drama.
2: They love to be in the midst of turmoil. It, it, it right, makes you feel right. good. It's just mm-hmm. for their self-esteem. But is that the way you want to be treated? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, the only problem with this, this whole concept of the platinum rule is that... You have to talk to people. You have to uh, have some degree of association with them for it to work, you know. Uh, And uh, a lot of people don't want to do that. Uh, There's a quote by Martin Luther King uh, that says uh, men hate each other because they fear each other. And they fear each other because they don't know each other. And they don't know each other because they're often separated from each other. And and as a result, they fear each other more.
1: Right. Well, you know, Don, we've talked about a number of different uh, areas here that I think are very relevant for this whole notion of understanding uh, what diversity is and understanding how we can manage it better and how leaders can use it. Uh, And so as we get ready to come towards a place we need to come to a close of our show, I wanted to just kind of do a quick summary and then ask a final question. For example, one of the things that uh, these are things I want to just kind of make sure the audience gets from an organizational perspective. Uh, The organization benefits uh, in in managing diversity because it enhances productivity, relationships, professional growth. It really affects the bottom line. For the individual, from an individual perspective, it really helps individuals build kind of a personalized context to live their lives out and to examine the differences theirs and others and begin the process of recreating their mindsets and strategies that are needed to really effectively manage both their comfort and their discomfort in ways that are productive. For the individual and organization together, it should close the awareness and improve the knowledge and skill. They have to work in it. That's the whole training piece, I guess you would say, the awareness piece. I also wanted to suggest that one of the questions that we started with had to do with the overarching question, if you will, which was, what do leaders need to be able to know and do to effectively lead and diverse a group of followers? Well, we've kind of very well covered that, but there's so much more to to be covered and so much more to be known. So where are we? Well, we're at a place where uh, we're asking you to consider personally examine your fix on your understanding of the whole notion of diversity. Uh, I'd love to hear from each of you and I'd love to get you to send an email, if you will, to us and connect with us in that way. Our email address is leadershipforum at IHDINC.org. You can follow me on Twitter at uh, hash sign TheLeadershipF2 and that's The Leadership Forum. And of course, you can link with me on LinkedIn. I want you please not to forget to to tune in next week. We've got a wonderful show that gets an opportunity to look at you as a leader and what is it you need to have and do to show your image in a way that makes an impact. So until next time, uh, Diane, I wanna thank you for joining me today. It's been a wonderful discussion. In fact, there's probably much more that we could discuss. But uh, we're coming to an end, so I want to thank you again for joining me. Uh, Thank you for sharing your wisdom and your understanding. Uh, But until next time, I want to thank each of you so much for listening to the Leadership Forum. Wherever you are, please make someone's life better through the quality of your leadership this week. Have an outstanding day and an even better week. I look forward to seeing you next week. I'm Bernard Robinson, and this is the Leadership Forum.
0: Thank you for listening to the Leadership Forum, making an impact through effective leadership. Be sure to join Bernard E. Robinson for another edition of the program next Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We wish you an outstanding week.